You are listening to the sassiest podcast in the world. Born in the Nordics, democratizing B2B SaaS knowledge everywhere. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Thomas. And we are experienced SaaS professionals that are curious about how other successful SaaS companies go to market, scale, build winning teams and great products. Join us on our journey as we speak to SaaS leaders trying to get hold of their secret sauce. And today's guest is Robin Daniels, the Chief Business and Product Officer at LMS365. The truth as a leader is that you control 100% the way you show up every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sassiest Podcast. I hope that you are starting to feel the Christmas spirit. We know it's Q4, we know that there's a lot of things to do, you need to close those deals. But, you know, it's only a few days before Christmas. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean start <laughs> to feel? It's like I, fe- I felt that since 1st of December. Like You have felt it like, I don't know, after 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 Thanksgiving. After Halloween, probably you, you got all the Christmas ornaments up. Uh, no, but uh, after Thanksgiving, we, we go all in. Okay. So we're like, but for us, the month of December is, it is the Christmas month. You, you got to lean into it. You got to... Okay. But uh, it, it, it's been... Lots of fun, we, you know, obviously the, the month of December has been exciting. We, we had the Sassiest Jobs Day, we've onboarded a bunch of uh, new CEOs and executives. So it's been a jolly month, if I may say. It's been a jolly month. Yes. And there is still opportunities to join the networks if you want to be a part of, you know, I would say the best CEO network in Europe when it comes to B2B SaaS scale-ups, you should go to the sassiestceonetwork.com. You can also go to sassiest.com. You will find information about it. Reach out to us and join the gang. Yeah. We're starting off with a kickoff in Copenhagen on 25th of January, and it will be a blast. It indeed will be a blast. Yeah. And also, if you're an executive, we, we run networks as well in nine different disciplines. And if you're a VP or higher, if you work for a scale-up with 2 million euro in ARR and up, you should definitely apply and besides that, uh, you can also still get the early bird tickets for Sassiest 2024. Uh, head over to sassiest2024.com and I think you can get like tickets for, a, you, can, you can save 120 euros or something, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Man, I love that time. I was like, pitch slap. Yeah. Deluxe, like sell it. Here I go. I sell it. <laughs> I sell it. <laughs> no, but, but uh, other things here. Um, you know, uh, you won't, we won't stay silent uh, during the sort of, <laughs> not the silent night, but during the Christmas period. So the, um, the podcast will still come out every week. And uh, yeah, so tune in if you have some time uh, in between uh, Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, definitely. And I think we talk a lot about uh, processes. It's a numbers exercise, you know, benchmarks here and there, efficiency. But at the end of the day, you know, it's all about the people. So we felt it's, it's, it's fitting to round off and start rounding off the year a little bit with, again, putting the focus on what matters the most, the people. And today we have a guest with us, which is a really inspiring person when it comes to, to talk, you know, talking about people and culture building in our world. So we're really excited to have him on board. Let's see if we can learn a few things about how we all can attract and retain top talent. So let's get right into it, Thomas, right? Absolutely. It feels like we know him, but we have never met him. Here we go. 
Today, we are super happy to at last welcome Robin Daniels as a guest here in the Sassiest Podcast. Warm welcome, Robin. Thank you, Thomas. Good to see you. Good to see you, Robin. It's so great to have you here. Like We've been following... I was about to say we've been following each other. I have no idea if you followed us on LinkedIn, but we <laughs> I do, I do. Are you kidding me? I love the content you put out there. That's why I was just saying when we were in the pre-record, but I feel like I know you guys already. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean the, the 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 feeling is mutual. And thank you. I already see this is going to be a great podcast. You're, you're you're such a nice guy. You you share so much knowledge and content from from you know your previous experience, and, and really appreciate that. And that rhymes well with what we want to do. We talk about here in in our little office that we want to democratize B two B SaaS knowledge. And we feel you really live this. So, Daniel, Daniel, what office? I mean, uh, our, our our home offices. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Did I miss something? Did I miss something? Mar- marking words. This global office, this beautiful, huge yeah. space you've De- got. Details, details. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, on that note, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, I, I know probably a lot of our community members have heard of you, have bumped into you. But if there's somebody that doesn't know, like, how would you describe Robin? Yeah, I mean, I, I really think of myself as somebody who is trying to um, create businesses, grow businesses to be the best that they can be. And I do that. A big part of my, I think, uh, success and the, the way I think see the world is really about focusing on the people who make up the businesses. I'm very much focused on how do you create an environment, a culture where people can show up and be motivated, excited, productive to do the best work of their lives. I think that's pretty much what most people want. Um, and, and and that means really kind of understanding the humans that make up the business, understanding their motivations and what drives them in order to actually create that environment for them. But really, I think of myself as a, as a somebody who was, um, I think, not always had success, but oftentimes been at the forefront of leading companies who've really like become category leaders. Uh, I was early days at Salesforce in my career. Uh, I was there when we passed over a billion dollars in revenue. That was great. Uh, then I went to a company called Box.com and we took them public a few years later, which was super fun. I was at LinkedIn for a while until a crazy entrepreneur called Adam Newman kind of contacted me <laughs> from WeWork and I ended up going there. Uh, that did not end well, obviously, for this, which is a different story. And then, uh, I, I then joined a company called Matterport, uh, and I took them public in 2021. So, uh, and now I've recently joined a company called LMS 365, uh, which is where I really run product and go to market. And it's about the same size, honestly, as Box and Matterport. And I love that journey when we're about 200 people, 25, 30 million in ARR, growing fast. But there's so much foundation, a great team, but there's so much upside and potential as well. And that's what I seek to unlock. That's why I like this journey a lot. That's exciting. I mean, wow, you have been at some great companies. So <laughs> so did you like set a plan for yourself and it's like, I'm only going to work for blockbuster companies? <laughs> or, or is this a coincidence? Or like <laughs> I wish we all did, right? You know, yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you c- completely transparently. I mean, so I was born and raised in Copenhagen to very hippie parents. Uh, and, to, and and I fell in love with technology. I would say it was the late 80s. My, my mother married a, a guy who was kind of into technology. And he kind of taught me everything about computer. And I just loved the... the, the possibilities of what technology could unlock. I really like started, you know, one of those nerds start tinkering with building my own computers and like coding a little bit and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was constantly reading about things that were happening in the world around technology. And of course, it seemed at that point in time, so much of what was happening was in Silicon Valley. And I kept reading articles in Business Week and Time Magazine and Newsweek and so on about just 
this magical place. It honestly seemed magical to me, like this, this, this fairy tale <laughs> land. Like it didn't matter who you were, where you're from, as long as you come and you work hard, you have good ideas. Like anything is possible. And so um, after at the end of the nineties, I took a job in, in Copenhagen uh, at this little startup that was building some CRM software. And it was out in Velby, which is kind of this little suburb in Copenhagen. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember coming into work and it was like people would show up at like eight o'clock in the morning and then they exactly at noon, they do lunch. And then like three o'clock, it's like, okay, now it's time to go home. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at that point in my life, I was, you know, young and I was like, this is not how I thought my life was going to be. I wanted my life to be full of excitement right. and adventure and like just this, this unyielding passion for building something great where we just like all give it our all and this felt honestly a little bit like factory work and i was like this there was just a disconnect yeah so i went into my job again you know being young and maybe a little bit bold and arrogant at the same time and i quit my job and i said this was after three months and they were paying me well for like being a 20 year old at this point in time Uh, they were paying me i think a decent salary for somebody who did not have that much experience but i was decent at what i did so I went and I quit my job. I said, I'm, I'm going to America. So I <laughs> bought a one way ticket to, to, to California. And then two weeks later, this is, this, cause this was mid January, two weeks later on February 1st, I flew over to California. Cause I always had this feeling like, shit, I don't want to look back on my life when I'm like in my forties, fifties, sixties and regret not having the courage to go. It just yeah. seemed like this place was so, so awesome. And I always felt like Denmark, you both know Denmark well. It's, very safe place. It's very like everything kind of, everything's kind of taken care of, which is great. You know, there's a lot of benefits to that. Uh, and so I always felt like, yes, it's risky, but it's also like, if I don't make it, I can always come back. I can live with my family. You know, like I had enough money to last me two months. That's how much I got yeah. saved up. So I figured I give it two months. I go over there. And so I go there and I apply to every job I could find. And luckily at this point in time, it was at the height of the dot-com era. Everybody was hired. So even somebody like me with very little experience, they were willing to kind of like talk to me, take a chance on me. I had this list of companies I interviewed with in, in the early days in, in, in the year 2000. And one of them was actually Salesforce. I did not end up getting that job. But I ended up getting offered some jobs after the first two weeks. And I ended up taking a job at a small startup company in Silicon Valley. About 30 people did streaming audio and video for the enterprise. And a month after I got there, because I was all excited, like, oh, I got a job. It wasn't that hard. <laughs> the whole market crashed. And I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? And for those who don't, who are maybe too young to remember or didn't live through it, it was really dark time. I and mean, companies were going mm. under every day. No funding was coming through. Layoffs were happening all the time. This company did not end up making it. So I ended up having to hustle my way and find another job. So six months later, I found another job. Uh, and four months later, that company went on under. So it's like it was... It was like the first year was rough. So when you you say, have you just always chosen great companies? This is what's so interesting about life and careers. And, you know, as you get older, you can kind of start seeing the patterns. But if you just look at that year, my life would have looked like I was a failure. I didn't have any good pattern recognition. I didn't choose the right companies and so on. Right. But then over time, when you zoom out, it's like, wow, you actually end up choosing hopefully more of the right ones than the, the wrong ones. I ended up getting into a company in 2001 even during kind of the, 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 the big crash called Veritas. And that's when I kind of felt like I got my start. I was there for mm. just over four years. I met my wife there. Uh, and I felt like I had a good team of mentors around me who kind of taught me the basics and how to really become a professional in my life around product marketing. But it wasn't honestly until 2007 when I joined Salesforce that I really felt like I, I really, my career took off, honestly. And since then, that was the last time, honestly, that, that I had to kind of start being really aggressive around finding jobs because I'd created enough momentum in my life 
uh, and, and I'm enough of a career and a name for myself that people started finding me. Boxton came to me in 2011 and said, whatever you did at Salesforce, just come do it for us. You know, it's like they wanted to be the next Salesforce. And so I can see that it kind of, but, and, and, and when I think about this, it's like, when you're given the opportunity, and I always try to mentor others and coach others around this, especially the next generation, you can't lean in all the time. It's very exhausting and you, you'll just burn out if you run at, you know, 100 miles per hour all day long. Right. But when you're given the shot and you have a team around you who are the best of the best and you can see that this company is going somewhere, you better lean in because this is your chance to change the t- trajectory and the future for yourself in a way that's very rare actually yeah. and i seized that opportunity with salesforce so it took you know a good seven or eight years before i had that opportunity so don't give up hope right this, i mean you'll go through failures and say but once you see that opportunity i mean for me at salesforce yes benioff was a great leader we were we were leading the cloud kind of revolution but it's also i was surrounded by people who were just honestly the best of the best i mean i felt like i was working with the navy seals of the industry i felt like (laughs) i had to up my game it was such an honor and a privilege to be part of this group you know so i can definitely recognize that unfortunately it took even longer for me Mm -hmm. uh, before i found something that could sort of make me take the next step i think it took 15 years before mm. sort of I, I found a place that i really could develop and and now with sassius the last few years it's just skyrocketed you know all the different experience from from the whole life is coming together and 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 suddenly you can do something uh, great from it but uh, really inspiring robin to, to hear your story would like to just dive into that spend sure. two hours and hear <laughs> more about all the details but we'll have to do that over a beer sometime so sure. i mean let's go back to the present you're now at lms365 yes, a yes. company that we, we we love a lot um, we have your ceo in our ceo network and he's been quite active in the community but for those that don't know lms365 what can you tell us about the company yes yeah, so we are the the only platform that's focused on selling a learning performance and engagement platform for customers and companies around the world who use microsoft and our focus makes it super easy for companies to implement the best learning platform, the best engagement platform, the best performance platform for their employees. And the goal of our whole platform is really how do we create a platform that people want to use and that ultimately unlocks their full potential by giving them the right knowledge and motivation and skills that they need to be successful every day. When you look at all the statistics out there about how disengaged people are, how unmotivated they are, I mean, they they vary, but they kind of are in the same, I would say, ballpark. I mean... Gallup says it's two out of three people want to quit their jobs. Josh Burson just, I think, recently said 70% of people are unhappy or disengaged. Uh, McKinsey was something similar or something. So, so, so the, the, air, the, the, the statistic is high. Yeah. Uh, even if it was half true that, let's say, one out of three people want to quit, it's still a sad fact. And, and, we, and what do you think happens when, when people are not engaged and not motivated? They don't feel like supported in their environment or by their manager or their team. Do you think those people are going to do the best work of their life? Are they going to show up and help solve some of the challenges that your business might have or maybe that society might have or maybe that we have on a global level? No. And I truly believe, and based on my experience, something I I think has been the silver lining in my career is working on technologies and platforms that bring the best out of people. That's why I joined LinkedIn. You know, That's why you know at Salesforce, I led a product called Chatter, which is all about communication and collaboration. At Box, it was really about how do you get teams to work well together to take the friction out of team teamwork. And so this has kind of been the, the, the silver lining for me. And, and this company, LMS 365, 
really epitomizes my career journey. And I love the platform so much. And our customers love it. We have companies uh, around the world who use us, about 2 million users. Um, oh, wow. And we're, we're, you know, we're growing fast as a business. Uh, we're growing about 50% year over year. We're about 200 people in, in the company. We're going to, we're on our trajectory to probably hit about a hundred million in ARR in, in the next three to four years or so. Mm. So, so everything is going well. And the reason why is simple is because I think we're unlocking this potential that, you know, if you ask any business leader, any CEO, they of course want their employees to be the best version of themselves. And of course, there's a lot that goes into that. You need the right mindset and culture and environment, but you also need the right platforms to make that happen. And that's where we come in. We deliver the platform that hopefully can engage your team, can motivate your team, can reskill, upskill, teach your team the right things that they, they can have the right knowledge so they can, of course, progress towards the right outcomes. And what does that mean? That means outcomes are sometimes very personal. I want to get promoted. I want to have new career opportunities. I want to learn new things. Yeah. It all depends. What's the outcome for a business? They want better results. They want, you know, better increases and new expansion opportunities, maybe new revenue opportunities, new markets. They want new ideas, new innovation. You're going to get all that if you have an employee base that's highly motivated every day to show up to do great work. And so you have to create the right environment. I feel like this is how, how urgent I think is. I feel like it's an imperative for all of us as business leaders to unlock this. Yeah. I feel like we're sitting on a gold mine of untapped potential that we owe it to the world to unlock. And somebody has to do it. Why not us? Yeah. Right. So that's how I think about it. Love it. And I, I guess uh, I don't want to put the, the cart in front of the horse, but uh, I'm going to say congratulations in advance here. It sounds like you, you've picked another winner here it's like it's, it's your thing a little bit so i'm seeing here in the future lms uh, 365 going public and there's an ipo in 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 four or five years you, you heard it here first let's hope man this, this yeah is cool. <laughs> exactly and and we really appreciate what, what you say and how you put the people first here and, and that's what we want to talk uh, about uh, today with you because you have seen both sides of it you know how to join great teams and great leaders and how to attract great talent and we wanted to talk a little bit about the role of the leader in this exercise to attract the talent because the company and the mission is fantastic but it's often the leader that you join so uh, i want to open up a little bit with asking you both from your perspective you in your role as leader but also when you've joined companies and leaders are there some key leadership qualities that you think help attract top talent yes i would say there's there absolutely is i think um i i mean and i i share this a lot and maybe this is this is where your question is coming from is um i think as a leader it is absolutely critical that you are out there uh sharing thoughts around the business your your passions uh because it gets people to understand what you're all about. It makes you come across as human, which I think we all are, obviously, <laughs> not AI, right? And so this allows us to really open up, I think, the door to understand what you're joining in a way that makes it much easier for, for employees who want to join a company or candidates to say that this company is for me, even without really knowing anything about how we operate, how we work. I mean, I'll tell you just because so I post a lot on LinkedIn. Uh, it's kind of my channel. I, mm, I yeah. feel like I found my tribe there and I try to take it seriously. I don't take it for granted. And it's not, I don't 
post for the clicks or try to be controversial. I post because I really am passionate about these various topics. But I'll tell you the effect of me doing it has had a huge impact on my ability to hire, right? Because I get a lot of uh, in-mail in and messages saying, I would love to work for you one day. And, and honestly, they don't know how the company really works or how we operate. Right. They don't even know that much about me, but they know enough to like know that this is somebody that I want to align to. And I put out, and, and, you know, I try to put out energy and messages that are positive, optimistic, hopeful, yeah. or introspective, because I've also had a lot of failures that, that kind of like show that, it's not just always up and to the right. And I'm not always right. I make a lot of mistakes as well. And I think it, it just makes people understand that this is something that, they, that I can relate to, that he's been through a lot of things or or he has had successes, but he's also not like uh, trying to always say that everything is rosy or it's kind of ro rose-tinted glasses. And I think it really creates this aura around, hopefully, uh, the company, that this is a place that people want to come join. As I'll tell you, so when we posted a, a job description a job uh, opening for a product marketing manager i think it was uh, two months ago yeah in 48 hours we had more job applicants than we'd ever had before like, <laughs> we broke all records and again that's because you know i think between rasmus who's i think is a great uh, example of also posting great content our ceo uh and posts very authentic like, human content and between myself and now others also doing we're creating i think an aura around the business, but also because we're being very open and vulnerable. This right. is how it is, and this is who we are, and this is what we care about, and so on. And so for businesses, coming back to, to the broader question, I think it's absolutely critical for business leaders to to uh, really lean into this idea of, of sharing stories and, and humanity around you know, the business itself. Rasmus does this excellently. So one of the reasons I ended up, I'd never met Rasmus before until I spoke at an event in Copenhagen uh, in the end of 2022 called Tech Barbecue. It's kind of a big tech conference here in, the, in in Europe. And I met up with Rasmus after. I'd never met him, even though we lived both in the Bay Area uh, for like uh, overlapped. He lived there for 10 years. I lived there for 20 years. So, but we never met. So we met each other there. We kind of hit it off. And then over the next couple of months, we got to know each other. And, and, and we started going on some runs together. We had coffee together. And I just, and he was very open and honest about the business. And I was very open and honest about where I was in my life. And but I think this this idea that he was so approachable and so open and honest about the good and the bad, like yeah. lots of things are going well, like we're growing well, the business is, is kind of doing well compared to, I think, many others out there. But there's still a lot of shit to fix. And he was like very open around this. And it kind of made me fall in love with the idea of this is a company that where I can belong. And I think this sense of belonging, it's coming back to the point is nowadays, I think it's such a strong idea in people's minds that. I don't want to work with assholes anymore. I don't want to work in it with a toxic environment. We're, we're kind of over that. I think the movement is really rapidly shifting away from these kind of environments. They still exist, don't get me wrong, but I think people are very aware to them. They're very finely attuned to them. And so people want to belong. They want to feel a sense of right. being part of something bigger than themselves. It's not always easy to find. And the more you can make people understand what that is, and then people can self-select, you know, LMS 365 is the place for exactly. me or maybe it's not the place for me. Yeah. That's totally yeah. fine, right? So I think it's, you know, it's, it's great that you say that and we believe that as well, you know, in the mm -hmm. authenticity and showing that it's not all just, you know, all dandy and roses and like we say here in Sweden, golden green forest. There's, <laughs> there's going to be some speed bumps on the road and people want to hear that. We feel that as well. Uh, I'm curious though, in your career, uh, I'm sure you've been approached by great companies that you decided not to work for mm -hmm. and now i'm assuming maybe you didn't believe in the in, in the in the product or the vision and so on but was there a moment where you felt like hmm 
I'm not sure I want to work for this gal or guy. Yes. Like, and if so, what was it that discouraged you for working for that, uh, you know, uh, person? Yeah. So, so, um, I was, I had like a 10 year run that was fairly intense. First at Salesforce for many years. And that was intense, but fun. Then I went to box and that was intense and fun. And then I went to this really small company because I kept wanting to go smaller and smaller to kind of like, okay, well, I could elevate my career, get more ownership, more impact. And so I kept going smaller and smaller to like really get into the ground floor of building a business. So it was fun, but it was an intense like 10 year run. So I took a little bit of time off after that, um, to go kind of like just recover. But then I say, okay, now I'm going to get back into it. So I was talking to four companies fairly deeply at this point yeah. in time. I was talking to Asana, yeah. uh, Airbnb, Uber, and LinkedIn. Those were kind of four companies I was fairly deeply. I think well-known brands, hopefully that, that you all know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was in, 20 end of 2016 early 2017 and so on and um and i remember going into meet with uber mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and i have this kind of test that i do one of my big things even at that point i was fairly aware that i wanted to join a culture where i could feel like i belong where i could also have fun and be like part of a group of people who are just kind of enjoying what they do it doesn't mean it's easy but enjoying what they do and, and having uh, like a great sense of camaraderie so I have this test where I actually show up oftentimes early uh, before a meeting and just kind of sit there in the lobby and see how people interact with each other. Yeah. And, you know, whether or not they're like high-fiving each other, there's laughter in the air and so on. And it's harder now with remote work, I think, honestly, to kind of to do some of these checks. Mm. But it's still possible in some ways. Um, but I remember coming into the Uber office, right, and everyone seemed stressed. Yeah. Frowny faces, a lot of tension in the air, you know. And they were going through, I mean, that crazy CEO, going through lots of hyper growth, you know, lots of con- controversy in the in the market as well. And then I met with Travis, and he was just kind of arrogant, this guy. And just like, he could, he seemed like he could care less that I was there. He's like, who are you? He hadn't even, he didn't even know who we were. What, what are we meeting about? He's like... I'm like wow, this is this is not gonna really go well, and he just seemed like distracted the whole time. Right, and so I left that kind of whole experience, just going, this is just not for me. You couldn't pay me enough money to go to a company like this where everyone just kind of seems so kind of full of themselves and arrogant and unhappy and so on. And for some, you know, again, it's a great brand now, right? I think they fixed a lot of things and they turned things around, but. For me, I, I mean, I want to work hard. I'm very ambitious, but I also want to have a lot of joy and fun in doing it. And right. when I then looked at LinkedIn or Airbnb, people are laughing. They're hugging. They were hugging each other. And they're you know, like, oh, it's so great to see you. And I can just tell there was a sense of like camaraderie and so on, right? Yeah. And of course, I ended up joining LinkedIn. That was kind of, you know, the, the, the journey from there. But that was a good test. It's harder now. I, will, I won't lie. I think, you know, with remote, when I'm re- interviewing a lot of people, uh, with a lot of people, especially as a candidate, you know, like, I still try to get to really know people. So, so when I decided to get back into it, as an example, um, here at the beginning of 2023, 20, uh, I'm like, okay, I've been an advisor for like a year and a half, nearly two years. I'm ready to get back in and be an operator again. Hmm. And I was talking to a bunch of companies. Luckily, I have a strong network and I kind of get wind of some of the, the great openings that are out there. So I was, I was talking to a bunch of companies um, all around the world and some, some really great opportunities. Um, but as I got to know Rasmus more, this idea of also kind of like really sharing the mission and, and right. the, the importance for me, and it's being, I mean, God bless those people who are just fully comfortable remote. But I also had this realization that I like remote sometimes, like today I'm working at home, right? I do that a couple of times, but I also really like the idea of being together sometimes. And, mm. and, 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 and I, I met Rasmus, we share same energy. We kind of see the world very similarly. 
it was a company that was kind of like right in my backyard. I feel like the potential of where this is going is like checking all the right boxes. And, but I fell in love with the vibe of like what he was building and his mission. And he's like, I need somebody like you to come in and like elevate that even further. So, yeah. so that's why I ended up joining this company here. Yeah. 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 And you mentioned back then as well, you, you, you felt uh, this great vibe at LinkedIn and you yeah. choose to join. But yeah. I mean, how do you create a culture like that that attracts and retain top talent? Would you say? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's not an easy thing to do because of course you're not, it's not a singular thing. I think, I think of it this way. It a little bit depends on when you come into a company. This is why I think if you come in really early, the tone that you set and everything that you do, the way you show up every day really matters. It has an impact on everything. Mm. In a mid-sized company, you can really also affect a lot, but there's also oftentimes something that's already kind of been set. And in a big company, then you can, I think, help put your own spin on things, but a lot of times the tone has already been set. Yeah, right? yeah. It's just kind of true. It's, so so it depends on the size, I think, in, in many ways. Um, so, so I've joined companies of also, when I joined Vera with eight people, it's like, Everything I did was noticed, right? And everything, every day I show up, everyone kind of keys off of that. When I joined, you know, LMS 365, now with 200 people, we're not all in the same room, right? A lot of us don't see each other on a day-to-day basis. So I, I have to be a little bit more thoughtful about how I distribute my energy and how I communicate and so on, right? Mm. Because we have a global team. And when I joined, you know, LinkedIn with 10,000 people, we work with 15,000 people. It's very different, right? You know, yeah. you're coming in, you're keying into an energy and you're hopefully liking it so much that you can elevate it even further and kind of put it on. But so I think of it that way. I think, I think then when it comes to like, how do you create this environment? I think the, the truth as a leader is that, um, you control a hundred percent the way you show up every day. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean it's easy. It's not easy for anybody, but it's not, it doesn't make it not true either. Um, you might have a bad day. You might have, you know, an argument with your spouse or your kid might be a jerk in the morning to you or somebody in traffic cuts you off or it's <laughs> raining outside. Yeah. Lots of stuff that can affect your day, of course, right? Still doesn't change the fact in my mind that the way you show up to your team, to your company, in the office every single day, if you have one, is in your control. Mm. And so I try to always be super mindful of that, that I show up with energy and conviction and enthusiasm for the work that I have to do, focusing on creating an environment where people are expired and, and, and kind of want to be a part of this thing. Yeah. Right? And so, uh, so it starts at the macro level, like the way I show up every day, I, I don't take it for granted. I, t- I take it seriously because I know people key off of that. But then I also go down to the micro level that in every interaction I have with people, whether that's in person or online, I think, well, how can I ensure that this meeting, this interaction they have with me makes their day somewhat better yeah right um and that that this is worth their time everyone's busy i, I want to respect everyone's time everyone's busy everyone has a lot of stuff going on the beauty about work is it never ends and it's always going to be more so for it to be worth it i better add something to to their day their life their the conversation whether they they leave the meeting with me whether it's 10 minutes 30 minutes an hour like yeah that was worth it you know i, I learned something new i got more energy from it it was inspiring whatever it is but it has to be worthwhile. So I also think about that. You know, again, I'm trying to be intentional and thoughtful about that as well. And I think we owe it as leaders. We we should be th- mindful of that. You know, not just waste people's time. Yeah. Think about the energy that we give back and so on. And at the same time, also call out when we see it not happening from others because it's not a singular thing. It's not like I alone can do all this. This is a group effort, a team effort. So yeah. when you see behavior that doesn't match up with 
the vision you have as a company or what you want to aspire to be, you also have to you owe it to everybody else to kind of call it out. And I've been guilty, honestly, in, in my career in the past of tolerating, I think, unhealthy behavior sometimes. Mm. And that has this negative toxic effect on, on things where I've thought maybe I could just kind of work on it over time and stamp it out. But and sometimes you can and sometimes you just can't and you got to like act on it. And it's just um, something. But but those are the things that, that that really go into, I think, to adding up to an environment where people want to be. And like if you're if you come across as an environment that's toxic or political or brutal, nobody will want to join. And people are not idiots. There's enough like understanding. I can go look at people's LinkedIn profiles. I can go look at Glassdoor. I yeah. can go look at all kinds of different platforms and find out a lot the, about the company. And so if you're not like mindful of the way you come across, I think you're going to miss a, a huge piece. So the leaders have a huge huge obligation i think to, to the way they show up every single day absolutely and working for a b2b SaaS scale up i mean there's always change all the time right you might be in a hyper growth phase it might be so that um, you change management it might be that you're doing layoffs it could be that you merge with another company so it's it's kind of a, a stressful or there is a lot of things happening so you need to sort of navigate that and you need to make sure that your team and the company can you know find that motivation can feel you know can keep that vibe even if you know a lot of things happen around you completely i mean i uh, i mean i came into WeWork right uh, as the chief marketing officer and we were worth 20 billion dollars then we grew to 47 billion dollars in valuation mm. then we were going towards an ipo so everything was going kind of up and to the right and then it all came crashing down right and then being the leader showing up every day with that energy and conviction i mean that was one of the like hardest points in my career in my life to like knowing how distracted everybody is how yeah. devastated everybody is and and i had to show up every day like we still have work to do we still have to kind of this mission that we want to accomplish right yeah while while all the staff is like wanting to read all the news and the lurid headlines every day that's, that are out there about what's happening in the business and so on so it was really really intense but that that was but 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 it was interesting because it's, it was still joyful because I felt like there was a sense of camaraderie and being in this together, right? And then we were like really working hard to like fix the things. It was going great and then it wasn't going great, but we were still kind of in it together. And so interesting contrasting that with the next company I went to, Matterport, where in the two years I was there, it wasn't even that long, right? We were super productive. We ended up taking the company public, but I never once met my team. And so I, I didn't feel the same sense of kind of like camaraderie that I felt. Right. At WeWork, even though it kind of ended in a little, you know, in, in, in a disaster that nobody was really. You never met your team. Never once met my team. No. Okay. Right. It was all. It was all. It was all. It was all remote. And again, I think there's a lot of companies struggling with this. When I when I have these honest heart to heart conversations with CEOs, because I was doing advisory work. The public conversation is very much about how great remote work is. Mm. And it is. It's really great for a lot of things. Again, I work from home quite a bit. Yeah. But it's also really hard to get those human connections when all you're doing is remote work. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. so, like, I never felt as close to some of the people at Matterport because, you know, we never had those moments where we could do a walk and talk or go for a coffee or had lunch or go for Didn't a Didn't you do it in virtual reality? Because if I remember correctly, Matterport was scanning, like, <laughs> we 3D were, environments, we building were. up, you know, those we kind were. of things. So We were. And, and so we were. We, 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 it, it, there weren't humans in there, right? <laughs> and so, so the thing about, you know, like, like leadership, you know, like, I can see Rasmus does this and I do this. You know, we have global teams. We have 50 people in the U.S. We have people in Romania and Poland and U.K., Germany. 
we do travel around, you know, so we try to like go visit some of these people, like, so we can stay, stay that human connection. Maybe sometimes it's once every six months, once a quarter, but we, we lean into this because it's really matters to creating this sense of being belong. I mean, remote work is because a lot of our teams are remote. I mean, we work on a team of 400 people around the world. So it's not like I saw them all the time every, anyway, but just this feeling of kind of like that you can key off each other. I think it's, it's really valuable in building a sense of purpose and belonging together. Yeah. I, I would sign off on that right away here, what you're mm-hmm. saying. It, it's it's so true. And uh, I, I actually want to do a shout out to a, a former boss of myself, Thomas Zenzinger, if you're listening <laughs> to this. When he came into a company where, that I worked for, and just like you said, uh, it was a decent sized company, mm-hmm. 150 people or something yeah. like that, yeah, yeah. where the headquarter was in uh, in Sweden, most of the folks in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And all us leaders, we used to travel to the call it satellite offices or, or the other regions mm-hmm. but not enough yeah. and there wasn't that sense of belonging they all felt like we talked about we're a global company mm-hmm. but the satellite offices felt like yeah yeah we're a swedish company <laughs> so when he when he came in he was like you know what we're going to spend as much time the leaders in these offices mm-hmm. and these corporate key meetings that we have mm-hmm. the leadership meetings and so on they're going rotate brilliant once a quarter we are here the next quarter we're in the u.s and then so that made everybody feel like okay i belong we're all equals it's not a swedish company so definitely what you say here the first two weeks i was at lms i joined in june our first leadership meeting was in the u.s yeah and it was great that's like exactly i love that i love that Good, good leader you had. Yeah, so he, he, he was really good. He was really good. I was a little bit pissed with him in the beginning. So like, man, I can't travel more. I already travel a lot. But uh, he, he had a point. Yeah. Are you building a SaaS business? Achieving ISO 27001 or SOC 2 compliance can help you win bigger deals, enter new markets, and deepen trust with your customers. But it can also cost you real time and money. Vanta automates up to 90% of the work needed to get and stay compliant. Get audit ready in weeks instead of months and save up to 85% of associated cost. Over 6,000 fast-growing companies use Vanta to manage risk and prove security in real time. Sassiest listeners get 20% off Vanta at Vanta.com slash Sassiest. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash Sassiest. I'm curious, obviously you've hired a lot of people and you've sat through, you know, uh, trying to attract and, and get talented people on board i'm assuming again not all of them signed not all of them joined (laughs) and then you feel like you know we have great culture we have great product you know we pay market rates but you've bumped into some obstacles like uh, Mm -hmm. what have those been Mm -hmm. if 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 you have had those what have those been and how did you overcome that to make sure that the top yeah it's really i think an alignment of of purpose, values, and of course, incentives. I think is really what it comes down to. Meaning, when those things are aligned, I think it usually goes well. If one of them is misaligned, then it's really hard. And and so I've run into some times where they didn't believe enough in the company or what we were doing. Okay, fair. Then that's not for yeah. you. That's totally fine. Even if I've talked to her, it's not my job at the end of the day to try to convince you endlessly that this is like going to change. So I really want people who are missionaries I, I just feel like they they bring a different level of intensity and passion to the work that they do and i feel like we have that at lms 365 the people i work with my god they're great they just really believe in the mission that we're, what we're doing um so you got the, the purpose then you've of course got like the, the the values as well like 
you know, we, we are kind of like, I have certain values. We as a business have values and every company does, right? That's totally fair. But if yeah. you're not kind of aligned with those values, I think it's, you're just instantly going to run into friction, tension and so on. And that can also come through in some of the conversations that you're having. If, if you believe in something and we don't quite believe in, in acting that way, then, then it's not a good fit for you. And that's okay as well. And then of course, the final mm-hmm. thing is really around incentives. Like if some of that is just off pay, salary, equity, whatever it is, you know, uh, then that also can easily like turn a conversation sour. So it's usually one of those three things. And sometimes it's all of those three things, right? Because I, I mean, I've, you're absolutely right. I speak to so many people all the time. I think uh, probably a third, maybe even more of my time is spent recruiting people uh, or uh, either for yeah, my but- own teams or for other teams that I'm kind of helping try to attract talent to. Uh, and that's the leader that the, the, the job of a leader so very 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 mindful of that and you can always kind of tell um and i also like the key off of you know how people show up in interviews you know um again yeah there's no set way to show up but the way you show up does matter i mean like first impressions Mm -hmm. matter what you say matters and so on one of the the key things that for example is i always ask somebody before i go into if if i'm interviewing for myself usually it's i kind of know what i'm going in for but if i'm interviewing for somebody else and kind of like helping calibrate i would say am i selling or am i interviewing right and why am i doing both you know what i mean it's like am i trying to sell them to come aboard or am i interviewing them kind of putting the screws to them and see if they really can hang and are they good enough and so on (laughs) and based on that you know you get certain signals but if i'm interviewing for example the way that people then show up, I think, in those interviews kind of really matters. For, so mm. I can always, always tell, like, very quickly, um, depending on the role, of course, but if it's an interview where I kind of have to drag the answers out of you, yeah. I'm like, uh, this is because I need, in, and, and if we're a startup, you're not going to be told a lot what to do all the time. You, I need in, as people who are self-starters, mm. who take initiative, who have the energy and passion about something. If, if I ask you a question and you answer super shortly and there's no storytelling, it's just like a factual yeah. yes or no, then I'm like... It's like seven. The yeah. answer is seven. Exactly. And then it's like, <laughs> oh my God, this is, this is going to be a hard interview because you, you have to drag... I'm sure you both have felt that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you meet somebody and there's just, there's just a flow to it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's great. So you can tell fairly quickly, I think. You know. <laughs> yeah. so, so Robin, do you have a go-to question? Yes, yes, interviews? I do, I do. So my, my, my go-to question is usually, tell me about the most epic thing you've ever done. What is it? Uh, why are you so proud of it? What was the outcome of it? What did you learn from it? What, uh, what was your role in it? Because a lot of times these epic things are not like a singular thing that you do on your own. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's not. Yeah. And the reason I ask for this is a couple of different reasons. One is it allows me to gauge their level of thinking about what is possible. Mm-hmm. Like there's no right or wrong answer to this question, right? But it's like, for example, I asked a guy... Um, in an industry once, tell me about the most epic thing you've ever done. This, this, I was hiring for like a head of industry marketing when I was at, I was at Box, I think. Mm. And he came back and uh, said, oh, yeah, you know, I, I wrote a white paper and ran a campaign and we got like 100 leads in a month. I'm like, okay, so th- if this is the most epic thing you've ever done, I think you're, you're, you and I's idea of what epic is and could be <laughs> is just completely different, right? So it's like it, it allows me to like gauge the level of thinking, right? Yeah, and, again, yeah. and it could also be a personal thing. You know what? Because a lot of times if I'm interviewing really junior candidates, they don't have epic work experience, but maybe it's something you did in your life. You know, I took off a year and backpacked through, you know, Europe. Like, okay, that's really epic. Right. What did you learn from that, right? Mm. So anyway, so it allows me to test their level of like thinking a little bit. Yeah. And it also really allows me to test your level of storytelling. Yeah. Like, is there a story there? Can you tell a story 
and is it interesting enough to hold my attention? So that's kind of the second thing. Yeah. And then the third thing, of course, is like the self-reflection. Because every, in every epic story, there's also moments of like, that, that goes wrong. Like, this went wrong. Or I learned this. Or, yeah. or then I had to like work with this team. I was like, it, it's like, it's a very involved thing. And I, I love to just, I love to just sit back and kind of listen to what they have to say. It's, it's super illuminating. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and sometimes you get just blown away by what you're hearing. Sometimes you're super underwhelmed by it. It's like, okay, you know. Yeah. Maybe it was a really epic white paper. It was a really <laughs> epic white paper. Yeah, exactly. It, ch it changed the trajectory of the business. Like, yeah. I mean, that is a fantastic question. I almost feel like I want to answer it, but I'm not going to take too much of the time. Like, but I, while you were talking, I was thinking, like, what is the most epic thing I've done? And uh, I, I think we're, Danny, you know what we're, sit we're sitting in it right now here. Exactly. Like, exactly. Sa sassiest is the most epic thing we've done. And if anybody's interested, like, I'll write a. I'll write a long LinkedIn post about the most epic thing we've done. I'm not going to take more time here. Robin, this has been amazing. And again, if we try to summarize, you talk about, you know, the leaders being publicly open, whether LinkedIn is your channel or whatever it is, but being authentic, sh you know, showing up in the office or in the public forums in a certain way with a certain attitude. Is there anything else, if you'd summarize here to other leaders listening to this, to the CEOs and people running these organizations? What should they think about? How should they act? What should they do? Yes, yes. To prepare yes. themselves to attract top talent in the next twelve to twenty-four months. I think yes. I think I think there are there are really kind of three core areas that I think you as a leader can lead into, uh, lean into, and there and, and I think those three areas really you can showcase in so many ways in videos, in LinkedIn posts, and podcasts, and TikTok videos. You name it. The three are. Um, one is the purpose that you ha are have that you're fighting for. Share what that is in your own words. Like I talk a lot about, like for example, unlocking the potential of people. Of course, that leads directly to back to the mission of the business that I'm in, right? But I don't try to like use that to just like sell the business, but, but I'm passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So purpose, people really, I think nowadays want to join companies that they can align with their purpose and mission on. So I think that's super important. Find your own ways to share what that is. You can, you'll attract great people. That's the first thing. The second thing is, um, talk about the difference that you're making in the world uh, alone and with the people that you're working with. And this is why one another thing I try to do often, I try to highlight the great team members I work with and give them shout outs and all the great work they're doing. Right. Again, it creates an, an understanding of this amazing company that, that you're working with and what they're, what the impact they're having on, on people and, and the world as, as a large and customers. So, so, so I think, Purpose first, impact second. Third thing is is people. Like meaning, uh, can you talk about your culture uh, and what you value in a culture? How you think about culture? I try to do that like a lot again, and I don't use that word just directly, as you've probably seen on some of the stuff I post. But I use it indirectly. I talk about uh, leadership. I talk about uh, values. I talk about creating an environment where people can like be motivated and excited to show up every day. So it's not like you go out and say here's our culture and here's what it is and here's our values. I mean, I think it's not very authentic. Like talk about it in ways that has meaning to you and how you're interpreting and living it every single day because it gives people who, can, who want to join your company another insight and understanding about what it is. Yeah. Those three combined purpose, impact, and people, like focusing on those three topics in your own words, your own way, gives people tremendous understanding for who you are, what you do, and what you care about. Mm. And you know what? You will attract the right tribe for you. Yeah. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Okay, super. Love it. So we always uh, end off with uh, three short questions. So the first being, what is in the future for your company looking here a few years in the future? Yeah, I mean, so 
definitely we're on our path to uh, create a unicorn company based out of Denmark, which I'm very proud of. Like, nothing would make me more proud to do that. Mm. But honestly, that's not really kind of the end goal. I mean, that's part of the journey, and it's a fun part of it, and we all succeed and kind of we do that. The end goal is create a company that makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like we're on that path. You know, we've come from this legacy and history of creating an awesome learning platform. We've expanded out now to also offer something much broader around performance and goal management, KPIs, and also engagement, making sure that people are motivated and feel a sense of belonging. We've expanded out to include that in our offering. And that is what I'll be focused on in the next couple of years, like bringing that to market in a way that really makes companies much better at unlocking the potential of their people. All right, wonderful. And we have a fantastic community listening here. So is there anything that you are looking for right now? It could be on the personal side. It could be, you know, mm-hmm. at LMS 365 or something completely different. We are. We will definitely be hiring. We will probably be adding on uh, 50, 60, maybe 70 people in, in wow. 2024. So come join us if you want. Keep a lookout for it or send me, hit me up on LinkedIn directly if you're interested in joining our mission. Um, I, I, we're always looking for the best talent around the world, right? You know, yeah. so, so, so that's key. Uh, and just personally, I mean, I, one of the reasons I love connecting with people and I do so very frequently is because I always want to up level myself. I mean, mm. I can always learn so much, you know, as I'm getting, uh, more senior or more experienced, I should say. I don't want to say old yet, but you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I want to make sure that I'm also staying in touch with what, what the next generation of workers really care about, right? right. So, you could say seasoned. Seasoned. Okay, I like that word. That's, yeah. that's a good word. <laughs> like we have somebody at, at our company. Uh, her name is Emma. I'm just going to give her a shout out. She's fantastic, yeah. right? And uh, she kind of keeps me honest. You know, she's young and an up-and-comer and she's super talented and always kind of like giving me a different perspective that opens my eyes, mm. you know, and, and I want to make sure that I'm constantly learning and, and new perspectives, new ideas and so on from people who don't just like look and act like me. That is awesome. That is fantastic. Yeah, I, I think there's a value in having that diversity in the team to get those different perspectives. Yes. And is there anybody besides Emma, I'm sure there's tons of other people in the organization, but if you look, you know, in the world here, in, in, in the SaaS space, is there anybody that you feel like, wow, I'd love to hear him or her in the podcast if you guys can shoot some questions around this topic yeah is there somebody that would make you feel like then i'm going to listen to this episode totally totally i think there's a couple of people come to mind i think uh, mac redding redding do you know him he is uh he's the ceo and founder of comsor based in copenhagen that they are like raised a, ser- a huge series b and he's building a great company around commu- community-led growth okay and i think this idea of community-led growth is super interesting and he's really like leaning into it so he's a great guy i think to uh to kind of talk to very approachable super smart uh he's one and then another guy that really comes to mind is a guy called uh, anthony kenyatta he's the founder of um, a new company that's really focused on kind of the creator economy he was at Box for many years then he was at gainsight then he was at hopin for a little while uh, and now he's kind of created his own company. And I think he's just like this idea of that every company becomes a media company and can share much more of this, you know, on LinkedIn, on TikTok and so on. I think it's super inspiring. He's in the U.S., uh, but still super approachable and happy kind of to make an introduction if that is relevant. Yeah, I'm excited about these two intros. Like I'm excited about all the intros, but these ones also feel like we can learn a few things, Thomas, from these people for our own business because we're all about the community. We're all about having the content. We talk about, you know, democratizing B2B SaaS knowledge. So we got to be as a media company at times. So mm-hmm. we'd love to have these folks uh, in, in some kind of forum to learn from them. Yeah. 
And Robin, it was great meeting you today. The first time face to face here and, you know, hearing your story and getting your insights. So looking forward to have much more contact in the future here. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks, Daniel. Good to see you guys. Take care now. Bye. So, Daniel, what's your main takeaway from this episode? I feel inspired. Uh, I always feel inspired after these, but this one like was a little bit close to heart. Uh, and I'm not in any way going to say like I am like Robin, but I, I felt I could relate to many of the things that he was talking about. And one thing I want to highlight here, so simple, but still so tricky and so undervalued. It is about how you show up every day regardless of what's happening like you said you know whether you have an argument with your spouse the traffic was shitty the, the kids refused to put on their clothes this morning so you had to like drag them to kindergarten or whatever it is once you step into the physical office or into the slack group or into your first digital meeting make sure that you are now entering the professional world like you need to think about how you show up bring that energy into the slack group bring it and like he said lean into it like yeah. because you're trying to build something and for many of us what we're trying to build it's difficult it doesn't happen by itself we need to make sure that everybody leans in so how you show up as a leader is contagious so think about that bring that energy bring that positivity and there's another thing i wanted to to really emphasize here he said something along the lines every interaction he has whether it's you know in a meeting or by the coffee machine it's intentional in a way that he thinks like how do i bring value to this person mm. and i think that means a lot you know that just shows in my opinion strong leadership skills strong people skills what about you thomas all right so i i will take the other side from from the one that are, are looking for finding finding a new employer so i loved what he said about showing up early and just sit and you know see what's happening are people you know uh, do they look stressed or not are they high-fiving each other or or what's the vibe of the company and i mean if you now are looking for your next opportunity why not try it out see if you can get some notion of the spirit of the company and do not just focus on the interview situation definitely and i, and I believe there's multiple ways of, of doing this like like robin said you know uh maybe some of your first interviews are, are not in person for various reasons like you know the location is far away or whatever it is mm. like but i i believe there's still a way to feel the company without being there in person like you can see like you know what do people do on linkedin yeah like you know are are, are they are they committed all the staff do they seem encouraged you know, and do they, are they engaging with each other you know exactly exactly so i think there's stuff like this that could i mean I think there's some companies I can probably point to today without ever speaking to them. I say like, that's a company that has a lot of fun. Yeah. Like they move fast, they have a lot of energy. They probably argue sometimes as well, <laughs> but they have a lot of fun. And then there's some companies that you feel like they probably have success, but it looks really boring and really stressful. You can feel this out also by how they communicate externally and interact with, you know, with, in, in, with customers, with partners, with whatever it is. So, so mm. yeah, lots of fun. But um, 
we hope you enjoyed this uh, this episode uh, and we wish you all here a very successful recruitment period when you guys are back at it again <laughs> I thought you would say we wish you a Merry Christmas and then you went recruitment period okay I'm coming to that because I know that you know it's uh, December 21st here today and people might not be hiring Do you know what's special about December 21st it's two things I have no idea but I'm sure you're gonna tell me it's the longest day or the the darkest day of the year okay the longest night not not the positive energy i needed no okay what's the second thing it's uh, you know the thomas day it's my name's uh, yeah you celebrate the thomas name oh i didn't know well uh, mine was december 11th and you didn't remember <laughs> that so we're just gonna like <laughs> <All right. laughs> so i can't expect the gift later okay yeah no, no flowers coming your way no flowers coming your way but again to summarize here hopefully you enjoyed this hopefully it gave you some tips if you're looking for your next gig or if you're looking to attract and, and retain that talent hopefully Hopefully this was a little bit inspiring. And now I come to it. We wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. But you will hear from us again before the New Year's Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And um, yeah, besides that, we always love to hear from you. If you want to reach out for any reason, you can contact us at contact at sassiest.com. You can reach out on LinkedIn in the Sassiest Slack community. We will be available during the holidays as well. We, we won't be able to, you know, shut off all, all the channels. But, uh, yeah, really appreciate that you spent some time with us here. And uh, see you soon again. Take care.